Welcome to the National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Silio. I start the show off with a smile. I just got called the cheesecake. No, I like cheesecake. I like cheesecake. Doesn't really sit well with me any longer because I'm getting older and Cocoa Pebbles and certain things no longer go as well with Big Sills. So hopefully everyone's having a spectacular day. We're rolling towards football. Let me see here. We are officially seven days away from the start of the National Football League season when the Dallas Cowboys will show up to training camp and begin getting ready for the upcoming Hall of Fame game. We're here, man. You're hearing a lot of news going around the NFL. People are putting their rosters together. They're putting their depth charts down on paper. People know where they stand. It's funny. Every single media dude takes this, like, week off. And you know what they do? They take their vacation because you know why? They can't come up with decent content. So you know what they do? They give it usually to the hacks who are the known fill-in dudes. And what they do is they let you fill in. Because all the main dudes, they take their respite because they got to get ready for football season. Football season, sports broadcasting, hello. Okay, it's a layup. So much content. We were talking prior to coming on the air. This 2021 NFL season is going to be as dope as it can be. I even think the college football season is going to be spectacular. You're going to have everybody playing. You're going to have all the fans in the stands. And it's going to be a great season, so we can't wait. By the way. Baseball All-Star game tonight. Uh, so Shohei Otani is going to be the starting pitcher, and he's going against Matt Scherzer of the Washington Nationals. Oh, and by the way, he's leading off for the American League. And this guy has just captivated America. It's just spectacular what he has brought to Major League Baseball. And he's an injection that they need. How about this? Shohei Otani is the PED that actually Major League Baseball needs to be able to go, this is what we need more of. We need to have more international players. Look at what's going on in the NBA. Take a look. Didn't the MVP in Utah just land that award? Top defender in the NBA is also a European player. The best young player in the NBA plays in Dallas. I mean, is there any coincidence that Team USA has lost back-to-back games. I'll talk about Gray Popovich, too. Holy cows, that guy passes time. That's old guy sitting on his front porch going, get off my lawn. Hey, read the billboard. Know who I am. Yeah, dude, your Spurs haven't been relevant in four years. You didn't evolve. So we'll get into that. There's so much to get into. By the way, today, we will have at the bottom of the hour. Now, I traditionally don't do this unless you're a Hall of Famer. And so we're going to start talking to some of the Hall of Famers that ended up getting one of those gold jackets, and we have two of them today. Bottom of the hour, I believe he's the second-place kicker to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Morton Anderson will join us. He joined Jan Stenerud a few years ago. What was it like getting that knock on the door from David Baker, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame? And from the fearsome foursome, the sixth all-time leading sack man, in NFL history, he is in the college and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Jack Youngblood will join us. He played in a Super Bowl with a broken leg against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk to him what that moment was like, him going into those hallowed halls known as the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He'll join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. All right, so I saw a story prior to coming on the air here, and you always love these guys with these anonymous sources. So I don't even know who Michael Robinson is of the U.S. Or wait a minute. No, it's the NFL Network. It's not USA Today. He's like some ex-nobody that's on that nobody network that nobody watches the NFL Network. You know the only thing that the NFL Network brings? Exclusivity to the network. Because most of the guys that are on that network, they stink out loud. Just terrible. And so this dude, his name is, I got to make it right. Michael Robinson, unnamed sources, he went on the air and said, I, I, I hate people who do that because then you're kind of like CNN. You know, unnamed sources said that the Steele dossier, you know, had these really, you know, horrible things to say about President Trump. And you're like, well, okay, why don't you just put your name on it, man? More people have respect for people who put their name on their own work. 
I could do that too. Watch this. You know, anonymous sources told me that uh, Aaron Rodgers is really thinking about not playing this year and potentially calling it a career. Duh. That's not really breaking news, dude. That's an opinion that you ravel, that you rolled into trying to make it into a news story that it's not. Remember what Adam Schefter did on draft night? Sources are saying that Aaron Rodgers is very upset with the Green Bay Packers and that he is demanding a trade. Comes out that he was never demanding a trade, and Adam Schefter had to backtrack that comment when he went on the Dan Patrick show. Basically, what he did was he created clicks for himself on draft night using a story that everyone already knew that there was problems going on in Green Bay between Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers. Everyone knew it. But he tried to make a story into something that was already obvious. Those aren't stories, friends. Those are people trying to get in and make an in with their network or their company by using BS. I got to make sure I get the name right because I've never heard of him. Michael Robinson has come out and said that unnamed Eagle dudes are not happy with Nick Sirianni, the new head coach of the Eagles. <laughs> Yet Lance Johnson has put his name on it saying, I love, and I'm paraphrasing here, I love how the coach is taking command. I love how everybody in the building respects the guy and what he's doing because the accountability factor is something that we haven't had. And it really seems that he's got his, you know, hand on the pulse of the team. Unlike maybe it got away from Doug Peterson. Again, like I said, I'm paraphrasing here. Now, who are you going to believe? Michael Robinson, some dude that's on the NFL network and like the 80th guy on the totem pole who's trying to make a name for himself with unnamed sources? Or are you going to, who's he talking to? Alshon Jeffries, who's not on that team anymore? That cancer that used to hide in corners? And they call his boys in the media? You know, these guys here, man. Nicky Foles, I love him. Go, Nick. I mean, really, right? This guy's got a hope chest with Nick Foles gear in it. Nicky's my guy. Shut up, dude. Play. They paid you. You played like crap there. You and that other snowflake wide receiver you had in the building for a while. <laughs> hey, Shawman Jackson. Like, like the toilet paper. That's who that guy was. Could never stay healthy. Guy was made out of paper mache. Could never stay healthy, okay? Ever. And those guys are, hey, baby, you know, Nick's our guy. Carson's just a tool, you know? <laughs> That's great, man. Working with those dudes must have been a lot of fun. You imagine those guys. That's why Brady never worked with rear ends like that. Nobody talked to Brady like that. I'm not putting Carson Wentz in Tom Brady's league. But that guy worked at relationships, too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not absolving Carson Wentz from his behavior, too. It's got to work together, man. Only way you're going to win. So Lance Johnson saying that Nick Sirianni's really doing a great job. Who are you going to give the benefit of the doubt to? Mike Robinson? Oh, Mark, uh, is it Michael or Mac? Something. Somebody at the NFL Network. Unnamed sources. <laughs> okay. Well, already when that comes out, I don't believe you. Because most people who have unnamed sources work at CNN. So I don't believe it. I believe Lance Johnson because Lance Johnson is a guy that has come off to me that speaks his mind, that's a team leader, that's been in that locker room that gets it, understands what's going on, what understands has to be done to get this team back on the road to success again. Michael Robinson. Well, everybody, you know, unnamed sources and unnamed people in the Eagle organization. Who's that? Every single player, let me tell you, when you have transition from one coach to another, do you actually believe that you sit around and complain about the coach out loud in a locker room or to media people when you have transition at the head coaching position? Do you know what players are doing right now? They're looking for life preservers because people who had equity in those locker rooms don't have it with Nick Sirianni's new coaching staff. They don't have it in that building. 
They've got to reprove themselves all over again. And if that's what they're pitching at, that's what goes on with every single new head football coach that goes into a building. If there is pitching in the Eagle locker room, you know what it is? It's old veterans who've gotten fat sitting back thinking that they have a hall pass because they won a Super Bowl and don't like the new direction of the Eagles. Well, guess what? There's a new dude in charge. <laughs> and you've got to reprove yourself all over again. That's what they're bitching at if there is bitching. According to Lance, there's not. So, what, do you think that you're on some sort of scholarship when you get an NFL job? It's not a four-year ride, guy. You got to reprove yourself every week, or they'll find someone cheaper and just as good, or maybe even a tick not as good. This is about accountability. Guys getting soft, still living off that Super Bowl. Dude, it's been a couple years. You know, we just posted something that Bruce Arians said on our program a few months back, and he dropped the S bomb. Hey, last year's team won the Super Bowl. This team ain't done. This this team ain't done shit to. That's a dog, just in case you're keeping score. Don't want any snowflakes getting pissed at me. It's a dog. You don't care. He don't care what that team did last year. It's a new group, kind of. Or maybe more importantly, it's a new year. So give me a break, man. Unnamed sources are saying they don't like the way Nick. And you know why he did Philly? and not Los Angeles with the Chargers? Why do you think Michael Robinson did Philadelphia and not, and not um, Brandon Staley, the new coach in Los Angeles? Because he knows he's not going to get the clicks or the response out of Philly, especially after what you just watched with Ben Simmons and all the crap that's coming out of the city of brotherly love and how they're now today, you know, as we're sitting here in July, last month he was part of the future. I guess in July he's not now. They're fielding offers for Ben Simmons. That's why he did it. He did it because he know Philly guy's going to be going like this. Oh, see? You got rid of my boy and Doug Peterson. And see, there's now guys already howling in the locker room in Eagle Land that they hate this guy. See? That's not the truth. Because you don't know what the truth is. This is what I say about Sirianni and evaluation of him. Let him coach a game. Then you make an assessment. How the hell do you that, – that's like telling me this. Well, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a spectacular NFL football player. How do you know that? Why, because he was great at Clemson? How many guys have we seen come out of college where you went, man, that guy just laid a gigantic turd in the NFL. Holy cow. That guy bombed out loud. And you're stunned. Well, it applies to coaches too. You think that transition going from the college game to the NFL game is a seamless one? It's made better today because they're doing a lot of the things. And I'll tell you something else that I learned from Nick Sirianni just texting him. By the way, he and I text every week. And maybe I am coming to his defense here. But we text every week. You know what I love what he told me about Trevor Lawrence? He told me flat out, they're taking some of the things that Dabo Sweeney did at Clemson, and they're implementing them into the Eagles' attack this season so that it's going to be a seamless transition for him. Or, excuse me, Trevor Lawrence, um, uh, uh, Urban Meyer, I'm talking Urban Meyer, talking to Dabo Sweeney about Trevor Lawrence. He's going to have a seamless transition into the Jaguar offense because they're doing some of the things they did at Clemson. So, I mean, that's how you make things work. But talking with, talking with our boy Sirianni all week, you know what he said? We're going to do some of the things with having a conversation with Lincoln Riley and with Nick Saban. We're going to do some of the things he did in college in our offense here in Philadelphia. I talked to all these coaches. I talked to all these players. You know, I text him back and forth. What are you doing, man? What are you guys working on? Sirianni's like this. Well, I really love Lincoln Riley, man, how they had that read option. And we may try to do some of that here with Jalen Hurts. I was like, that's great. I go, you know, Meyer's doing the same stuff with Dabo and Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. I was like, great. Great. That's how you have a seamless transition. 
Then you hear guys like Michael Robinson, who I've never heard of. I think he's a Penn State guy, Cal. My boy behind the scenes. Yeah, I think he's a Penn State dude. Guess so. I don't know. Yeah, unnamed sources. Whatever, dude. Okay, I'll believe Lance Johnson. I'll, I, I believe Lance telling me, hey, he's really got a nice um, hand on the team here. And I think he's really going to do a great job. I'm paraphrasing that. But I believe Lance before I believe some network dude who's trying to get his stamp in that network. So let's move on from that because, again, it, it doesn't make sense. All right. So if you watched, if you watched any of last night's home run derby, it wasn't so much that you were watching Shohei Otani perform. I kind of thought he bombed a little bit, but it wasn't really the story. The story was started earlier in the day by Stephen A. Smith. And as he got off first take, by the way, this is what I don't like about today's sports media. Watch this. If you are a liberal and you say something racist, and it's, how about this? It lands as a racist comment. You could debate whether or not there's validity to what Stephen A. said. It didn't land there. It landed on the racist line, and people on the internet, the internet assassins, and people in the sports media, and everybody came down on that side. So much so that Stephen A. Smith, I think, had four apologies or three apologies or something yesterday, and he's apologizing all out loud. You know why? Because Disney did come down on his ass. I don't care what that stupid thing he did today on first take was. At 12 million reasons. It's what he makes a year. So inside that apology on first take, you know what they did? ESPN, the network, used that racist comment that he made last or yesterday, and they used it as a promo so everyone would tune in the next day. I'll say it because I can say it. If that were a white broadcaster, he'd be fired immediately on the spot. But because... He is a minority broadcaster. And because he works at ESPN, which is the sports version of CNN, you get to do that and you get an apology. Conservatives who are on the air, like, like uh, uh, what's his name? Clay. He, he's not going to get that. He's not going to get that, that, that equity because people are going to try to fire him immediately because he's conservative. And he's not going to get it. So Stephen A. and ESPN used that yesterday as a promo for the first take the next morning. Then, of course, you have everybody on the set. Oh, you're just really. And, of course, he threw in on black. He, he blamed Donald Trump. He pretty much aimed his... his his problems at every other person but him. And, of course, he threw in there, well, I'm accountable. But, dude, most people don't get a second chance. Now, look, I'll give you an example. Have you ever seen some of the stuff that Joe Biden has said? Have you ever seen some of the stuff that Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon? Have you ever seen the stuff that, that uh, Howard Stern has done with all these black faces? We got politicians that have done that. These guys get equity, man, for whatever reason in the media, and those guys get a free hall pass. You say anything. I, I made a disparaging comment in 2012, and it was off the chain. I, I said something that was a phrase that was not cool, and I used poor words or a poor phrase. Somebody called me a racist on it. I said, no, I made a mistake. No, you didn't make a mistake. You're a racist. And I'm like, no, I made a mistake. No, I don't get that. Okay? I don't get that. I don't get that issue. Okay? But if you're Stephen A., this thing will be moved on and used as a promo. Hell, guess what? Stephen A. Smith will probably end up winning um, an SP for this next year. It's ridiculous, man. It, 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 it really is. Um, and you just see how this whole thing plays out, and you know exactly. 
how this is going to play out. So I that that was the story last night. I can't wait to watch Otani. Okay, I, I really can't wait to watch Otani tonight. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this too. You know, one thing is for sure about this guy. He's got to get out of Los Angeles. He's got to get out of the Angels. You know, one thing that Tom Brady and LeBron James have done, if I could make a comment about those two guys, they've made it cool to be mobile and a mobile athlete today. If your organization is not putting enough talent around you, LeBron James is really the first guy when he made the decision. LeBron went like this in Cleveland the first time. You guys aren't putting enough good players around me. I'm out of here. I'm going to Miami. What did he do? He won a couple championships in Miami with Pat Riley. Went back. They put better talent around him. But then it became more about his brand. Cleveland wasn't going to do anything for LeBron James's brand. Him being a Laker. Remember something. LeBron James didn't go to the Lakers. LeBron James went to Los Angeles for his brand. He's never going to win an NBA championship again. Hey, God bless the bubble. Because... With that dude that's always hurt and Anthony Davis, they'll never win another championship again. And look at what they gave away to New Orleans to get Anthony Davis in the building. You think they got any kind of equity to keep building that team? Not in your life. I mean, they're, they're, that team is done with those two guys on it. Never win again, but it doesn't matter. LeBron went to Los Angeles for his brand and for his life after basketball. Tom Brady went to Tampa to win Super Bowls. That's the difference between the two. Brady went to Tampa. You don't think Brady could have went to Los Angeles and played for the Chargers? He didn't want to play for Anthony Lynn. He wanted to play for Bruce Arians. He wanted to play for Jason Light. Those guys were going to put a team around him. Those guys were going to try to win. Brady's about winning. LeBron's about his brand now. Same thing. Hey, by the way, I'll make another comparison on an athlete. Conor McGregor. You think Conor McGregor really wants to get back in the ring and put the work in to really win another UFC championship belt? Or do you think it's really more about his brand? When you put Conor McGregor in the octagon today, you put him in the octagon because he is, he's a brand. He's not a fighter anymore. He's lost four of his last five fights. He's not going to win against the elite dudes. Khabib would destroy that guy again. Not gonna fight a guy. I know he's retired. You're not gonna fight a guy like that. All right, let's switch gears. One of the very few guys, and when he retired from the game, he was the all-time leading scorer in NFL history. That's been passed recently by Adam Vinatieri. We're gonna get the second special teams guy in the history of the league to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame: Jan Stenerud and Morton Anderson. He's next, right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Did I say Lance Johnson? Ugh. Lane, Jesus Christ, CTE kicking in. Hey, that's what I'm going to start doing. Oh, my God, on my settlement? I'm just going to start flubbing names up. Yeah, Bob Bradshaw. You mean Terry? No. Bob. <laughs> oh, my God. All good. We're going to talk to our friend Morton Anderson here in a second, get his thoughts on what it was like to get that knock on the door from David Baker, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll do that here in a second. You know, I was I was thinking about something else. And do me a favor. When you're watching baseball's All-Star game tonight, if you do tune it in, baseball in its ways is so stuck in the mud. You know, that team is really great on defense. <laughs> you think the NFL cares about defense? They actually hate defense. Watch this. You know, I, I, I tune in to watch the Rams because of Aaron Donald. Kind of. I, I, I tune in to watch the Bears because of Khalil Mack. You know, those defensive guys. You know, I love those 14 to 10 games. The NFL cringes when they hear that. 14 to 10, they don't want to see those games. They want 35, 31 games, man. Fantasy football, prop bets, red zone channel. Why do you think they changed all the rules and they always favor the offense and they never favor the defense like ever? Because the NFL doesn't care about defense any longer. Defense wins championships? Kind of. Yeah, but they're going to say, Sills, you know, but, you know, the, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl because they played lights out defense. Oh, so wait a minute. You don't think that same defensive unit that was there the previous year, Brady showing up? You don't think they were pretty good then, too? When they had crab legs playing quarterback, Jameis Winston? Well, you don't you, – oh, it was Brady showing up to change the dynamic of that team. Offense. The Bucs were good on defense even in that seven and nine year prior to the Super Bowl. The NFL doesn't care about defense. Look at the rule changes every year. They want scoring. All right. Speaking of scoring. I love getting our next friend on here, and he has the distinction of going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I believe he's the second special teams man to go into the Hall of Fame next to Jan Stenerud. He is our friend Morton Anderson, and he joins us now here on the National Football Show. Morton, I appreciate you jumping aboard with us. Thank you so much, my friend. It's my pleasure. Let's not forget about Ray Guy. Great guy. That's right. Oh, my God. The, the greatest. I say this to you, too. Fix Morton, this. probably the greatest field position changer of all time. Would we not agree on what he brought to that Raiders organization? Great athlete. He's the only punter that I'm aware of that hit the scoreboard that was hanging in the middle of the Superdome. <laughs> yeah. I mean – 
you know, Jerry Jones can can talk all about Dallas and that big scoreboard, but the original gangster was Ray Guy when he launched a bullet into the stratosphere and, and actually hit that scoreboard. That's That was amazing. I'm going to bring this up to you here. You know, the point differential in the National Football League is three points. And I've always said this. One of the secret sauces up in New England has always been that their special teams was always one of the better units because they were able to balance their salary cap, always had a great field goal kicker. More of an emphasis on that side of the ball than maybe when you played. Now, Morton, that it's important because the point differential, like I said, is so small in the game. If you don't have a great special teams and a great kicker, you're not going to win these games. You could attribute three Super Bowls, probably winning-wise, to Tom Brady if it wasn't for Adam Vinatieri on that team. Do you agree? Absolutely. I think we're the the kicker is the Rodney Dangerfield of, of, of the world. I mean, we get no respect, zero respect. And so what's, what's it going to take? I mean, what's it going to take for the leading scores on each team in the NFL to get any type of respect? It take, it's going to take a change of – thinking and a better understanding of the position the old schoolers say well their uniforms are clean they they don't they're not football players i say we we are part of the football game we just happen to use our feet it is called football isn't it (laughs) absolutely so that it's undeniable the position is undeniable and i think we're starting to see that slowly but surely uh the league is slow to change but the weapons that you have on these teams now, the Justin Tuckers of the world, uh, the Praetors that can bomb it, you're going to see a 70-yard field goal soon. It's going to happen. When were we ever talking about that and saying we're going to see a 70-yard field goal? But it's going to happen. Do you think we're seeing better athletes at the position? Oh, yeah, and and the training methods, and they start earlier. They have better equipment. They have better – just everything is, is just – better and there, there's much more the, the athletes are that's all they're doing now it used to be you know you had a foreign guy from an eastern european country who barely spoke the language who was really good at soccer and then let's make the translation let, let's make him the kicker right that was that was a foregone conclusion now it's american-born guys that have figured it out that have come and stood on the shoulders of the jan Stenerutz and the pete gogolax uh of this world. And uh, thank God for those guys. So they were revolutionary. They were pioneers in the sport. So the game has changed. The pip just uh, as would you ever have thought that, you know, a quarterback throwing for, for 300 yards back 20 years ago was a rarity. And, and now you're seeing astronomical numbers. It's a passing league. So the game is changing and the same with the kicking position. I would ask you this too. Now with, and I'm going to go off the board here a little bit just to get your perspective on this. And now with gambling being part of the NFL and really all sports, you would have to say that when it comes to scoring, the two most important people on your football team moving forward when it comes to visibility are going to be the quarterback and the place kicker now because I just got through mentioning once again, and I'll reiterate it, three points is pretty much the point differential in these games. Do you agree, Morton, that because of that new dynamic, that's also going to put more visibility on a position? I think that's always been the case. Now it's just legal to gamble on football. I mean, (laughs) that's the difference. (laughs) So now we can actually talk about it. Listen, I I represent uh, Better Collective and VegasInsider.com, so I'm fully aware on my my podcast, Great Dane Nation. If you don't mind me getting a shameless plug in there, please come and check <laughs> us out. So we talk about this all the time. But I think that one rule change that has, has made the biggest difference uh, for for the friendly betters, if you will, the, the sports better, is the moving of the extra point from 20 yards to 33 yards. That there's much that has changed the dynamic of the game. Teams are going for two more often, you know, and 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 risking, and especially in bad weather. I mean, you're wondering. I know it's a 33 yarder, and you should make that, you know, 10 out of 10 times. But guys are not. So to me, that rule change has really made a difference. Let me get into your journey and getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I have an uncle that's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Andy Robustelli, and every single guy that you listen to and their journeys, every guy that's in that room and in that hall with a bust has had a tremendous journey. Obviously, yours is different, as you mentioned, foreign player. Give us a little bit of where you started 
and what your journey was like to get that gold jacket and how you got to be a pro football hall of famer. You know, not unlike a lot of these gold jackets around my, my, my journey just, it, it has to do with defining moments. It has to do with a little bit of luck and being in the right place at the right time. And I certainly was in 1977 when I came to this country as an exchange student, 17 years old. Had no inclination of playing football whatsoever, but there was a need on the football team to have a kicker. They were a really good football team, but the missing component was they needed a kicker. The The starting quarterback was the kicker. They didn't want him to do that. And so they put one and one together, and it made sense, and it equaled two for them and said, we got a foreign guy here, pretty good at kicking the soccer ball. Let's see if he's willing to make that transition. And I looked at it. I say, well, the ball's not around. I can't promise you anything, but as soon as that foot hit the ball, it was pretty sweet. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. We had a great year, my high school year. And then, you know, things unfold that you can't really predict and, a difficult phone call back home to mom saying, I'm going to stay another four years. And here we are 46, 45 years later and, and history has been written the way it is, but it was also, it was because of a lot of help, you know, a lot of direction early on in defining moments where coaches host family were, were telling me, you, you got a chance to be really special at this. And then, and then going for it and, and getting on that train at the station and not standing there going, oh, man, the train left the station. I'm not on the train. Uh, th th that's important. I think when we're young, uh, Dan, that youthful oblivion can get in the way, right? Because we don't know what we don't know. And, and therein lies the conundrum of youth. And so with, with age comes levity and wisdom and perspective and we also, you know, I'm sure you do this once in a while. You'll sit down and say, well, I wish I, I knew 20 years ago what I know now. I wouldn't have made that mistake. Or I would have made that decision. So what you, what you hope for as a young guy is some direction and some guidance and some mentorship. And I was very, very fortunate uh, that way. And, you know, that's really what kickstarted my career. And then I had a deep desire to be the very best. I'm a competitive guy by, by nature, a perfectionist, and, uh, you know, Anything's possible in this country, but it's the greatest, I still say the greatest country on earth because you can come over here and not speak the language. You can learn it. And if you have a little bit of talent and a little bit of a uh, little bit of luck and some help, man, you can, you can sure flourish and, and enjoy the American dream. You know, I've asked players that have had to wait their time to get into the hall of fame. I mean, when did it start to cross your mind? that you potentially thought of yourself as a candidate to get into that place? Because, I mean, so many people, Jerry Kramer waited decades to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We yeah. see now the Veterans Committee now putting guys like, you know, Tom Flores and guy won two Super Bowls, and he waited decades to get in. I was just wondering, how long did it take for you to start to do this? You know, because I know Harry Carson had a problem with the process yeah. on yeah. how they looked at him. Just your thoughts on when you started to think, maybe I belong in that place. Let me say, first of all, you can take Lynn Swan 17 years until he got in. So there, there's lots of guys and lots of stories and frustration and shoulda, coulda, woulda. But at the end of the day, I, I felt very privileged, privileged to be even mentioned among the greatest and be a finalist for, you know, a semifinalist my first year of eligibility. And then the next four to be a finalist and finally get in my fifth year so. Having said that, there's 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 a wait at the door, and there's only there's only a ticket that can be punched for five to seven guys every year, and and it's difficult. And there are many deserving guys, football players, if you will. And there is, let's face it, there is. Uh, I revert back to my earlier statement: a stigma, a stereotype about specialists that we can only put so many guys in. And I, I would I would say I can give you three three kickers I think deserve and punters. I can give you some specialists that I think deserve inclusion into the hall, but they're not in. And why are they not in? It's just a wait at the door. And, you know, when you compare a kicker, a punter, or a Steve Tasker, or a Devin Hester, or Mel Gray, or one of these great returners that we've seen through the years, to an every down player, the committee a lot of times will go with the every down player. So that's just the way. So I don't even know if I, if I asked, answered your question, but there was some frustration initially, but I felt very, very lucky to be even in the conversation. And if you keep 
making that final table, sooner or later you're going to get a good hand. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, that, you know, one of the guys you mentioned was a guy that's near and dear to my my heart is because he played at the University of Miami, my alma mater, and that's Devin Hester. I mean, yeah. you know, return guys like B Billy White Shoes Johnson. Guys Another guy. Staples. Uh, I mean, those guys should be in because, you know, mm -hmm. contributors to the game also has to be a factor along with contributions to your team, don't you think? I think when you talk about Pro Football Hall of Famers, and I got this quote from Joe Horrigan, who was part of, you know, has been part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame for many, many years. He said, can you write the story of the NFL without, you know, without mentioning this guy? You know, do, in other words, did this guy change the way we looked at the game? Did this guy, was he a dominating player at his position historically when you compare him to, to other, other, you know, other players, you know, same, same position, different eras. And, but can you write the story? with or without him. And if you say, I got to have him in there, then that that's that answer. Then he's a pro football Hall of Famer. You can't write the history of the NFL without great players. And those great players should be in the Hall. Absolutely. And I think of Mark Mosley, you know, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, MVP of the league, right? Was the only, not? in the in 1982, we only played nine games. So it was a strike shortened season. And I think he won seven out of the nine games that the Reds that the football team, the Washington <laughs> football team, almost caught me there, Dan. Um, he won seven of them. Had he had he missed a kick there along the way, a game winner, they would not have made the playoffs. So yeah, Mark Mosley, the the only specialist ever to and kicker to to win MVP of the league. When you got that knock on the door, um, I asked Ed Reed. Ed Ed was like. You know, when the knock came, yeah, there were so many thoughts that were running through his mind when he opened the door and he saw David Baker there, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, he knew right then and there that the cherry had been put on top of the career when he saw David standing there and he gives you the speech about the contributions to the game. Yeah. What was that like for you, Morton, when David knocked on that door and you opened it and there he was? It was overwhelming and it was humbling and and I cried and he had this big purple uh, velvet uh, jacket on and it was great because it absorbed the the tears. So I, I used it as a napkin basically. It's a Kleenex. <laughs> Not sure he was happy about that. It worked really well. <laughs> See, but you know, to put it in perspective, the year before, uh, you know, I, and the year and the several years before, in that hotel room, I had gotten a phone call. And it said, we regret to inform you that, you know, you didn't make it. And then, Oh, so you get a phone call if yeah, you it's don't basic, make it. It's a phone. You're sequestered for about two and a half, three hours. And then the phone call, you don't want the phone call. <laughs> no, you don't want the phone call. You want the knock on the door. Well, unbeknownst to me in San Francisco before, this was the year, I believe, before Houston when I was inducted. But unbeknownst to me, my, my beautiful bride had ordered room service. And I'm I'm walking like a lion now, you know, and it's 4.30. And it, we're in the window where you're going to get a knock on the door or you're going to get a phone call. Well, there's a knock on the door. And I, my hands go flying up. I'm fired up. And I run to the door. And this poor guy, I mean, this poor guy delivering this club sandwich, I, I'm telling you. Dan, it, it was ugly. It was, it was ugly, man. He probably looked at you and said, oh. man, I'm sorry you're disappointed that you got a yeah. sandwich. <laughs> I said, honey, don't ever in this window. We, we're, not, we're not taking any call. You know, the only, the only thing I want to hear is a knock on the door, at this big, powerful, booming knock on the door from Dave Baker. No, no club sandwiches, please. So No doubt about she it. She promised me the next year, and, and thank God it, it happened for real. So. What being a Hall of Famer has it changed you? You tell me. I I don't think so. No, I don't. No, I, I think you're I, the same dude that was on the Saints when I was playing against you back in the day. I I, I know I, people I don't, that play. I don't think so. I mean, it's opened uh, some different doors for me, but I've always been a pretty friendly guy. I think, and you know, I I realize where I come from. You know, I I understand the journey. I I lived the journey and. Uh, and I'll tell you what inspires me a lot is, uh, you know, just with my friends and, and fellow Hall of Famers and their stories. And we've had almost 30 guys, you know, 30 gold jackets on my, my show, Great Dane Nation. So 
and their stories are as unique as as they are and and but one of the things they have in common is they've all always always and also gone through great adversity but they've handled it with stubbornness and with grit and just determination and you know i i just think that everybody is so appreciative of of uh, the process that they, they're appreciative they they take that gold jacket very very seriously you know it's an an exclusive unbelievable brotherhood and we're about to go up there in three weeks and there's going to be over a hundred guys i'm sure uh and it's it's just a great reunion but no one takes that thing for granted and uh they understand how difficult it is and how, how, how blessed, how lucky we are. Morton, give me your assessment on Adam Vinatieri. He's going to be a first ballot. In my opinion, I think if there's going to be a first ballot guy, I going it's going to be a first ballot too, but you never know. Uh, you know, he's got credentials. Yeah, he, he does. He's got He's got longevity. He's got the records and he's got the big kicks and he certainly belongs in the hall of fame. Is he a first ballot? You know, again, that's gonna who's who's eligible that year? We'll see. Yeah. But you know, if there ever was a guy, a specialist, where you would say he should go in the first year, it would be Adam. Um, but I, you know, I thought I had a shot the first year too. Uh, and I, at that time, I was the leading scorer in the history of the game. I played more games than anybody, which I still have, by the way, more field goals and all those things. And sometimes they just don't add up. But but Adam has a resume, and he certainly belongs. How has the game – two last questions for you here, Morton. How has sure. the game changed from your time to today when you see place kicking and specialists today? It's just much much more specialized and much more advanced as far as the training methods and the way that guys prepare year-round, the, the shape that these guys are in. I mean, we – I was never known as as a flat belly, if you know what I mean. I I, <laughs> I like to play heavy, you know. I liked I liked a little ballast, so I wasn't going to be the Adonis like guy, you know. These guys are really in good shape. Now that's not to say we weren't in good shape. I just don't think year round we went at it the same way guys are doing it now. Uh, you know, and the money is so much bigger too. I was the I'll give you an example. 1985, seven, right around there, I became the first million dollar kicker. And you got guys now making $5 million a year, right? You know, so so that has changed tremendously. And with that is a great responsibility. Not that a, we didn't have that before, but a great responsibility to be, be ready to roll and, and to be an athlete year round. But um, back then in the early 80s, guys had second jobs. You know, they in the off season they'd go and sell life insurance or cars or and do other things, and uh, because they had to, because the you know, you had guys signing first round picks for twenty grand. I mean, it was not not a lot of money back then, so you know that has changed the game for sure. You know, you, all your stops. What was your favorite stop finally here that you had where you really embraced? I I always here, and I, and I'll tell you how I see you. I see you as a saint. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am because I played against you when you were a saint, but that's how I see you. How, how do you identify yourself when you say you had your best stop? Where was it? Well, it was New Orleans. It was my formative years. That's where I learned to become a professional. That's where the biggest changes, you know, took place for me as a player, and it set me up. Even though the the departing was very painful in '95, it set me up to play for another 12 years when when I was deemed done you know when when really when the club uh, uh, you know mis misleadingly said i was finished i continued for another 12 years as a declining player so something went pretty good but i certainly yeah i define you know i do see myself as a new orleans saint but i'm i was i'm appreciative and thankful for all my stops and and all the teams that uh, that were willing to have me do me a favor throw out that podcast again and where people can find it and Check we're everywhere, man. We're at uh, so it's Great Dane Nation. It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, favorite podcast, you can pull us down. Great Dane Nation, and uh, we look forward to. We have uh, forty-four episodes out there right now, and like I said, all, almost thirty Hall of Famers. And uh, we got some really big guests. We start back up August fourth on season two, and yeah, it's presented by VegasInsider.com. We're, we're having a lot of fun over there. 
Absolutely. Always awesome to catch up with you, Morton. Thank you so much for finding time. Have a great trip to Canton, Ohio in a couple weeks. Thank you so much, Morton. Thanks, Dan. We'll see you, buddy. You got it. That is Morton Anderson, Pro Football Hall of Famer. And love the journeys. We got another guy coming around the corner, too. I'll tell you who that is next. We'll take a brief time out here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Cilio. I'm still pissed. That I said Lance Johnson instead of Lane. Oh, <laughs> too many hits to the head. Anyway, top of the hour. One of the greatest NFL players in the history of the sport. One of the greatest sack artists ever. Jack Youngblood will join us. Eight-time pro bowler, two-time NFL defensive player of the year will join us. And he played on one of the greatest defensive lines of all time, the fearsome foursome. So we will talk with him. That'll be here in a couple minutes. I want to bring something else to you. Shaq Barrett, the linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said something interesting today. And I love what he said. And I'm becoming more of a believer that the Patriot way was actually the Brady way. You know, everyone's always like, this is how the Patriots do business, is it? How come New England doesn't look like New England any longer and Tampa Bay looks like the Brady dynasty in New England? Let me give you another for instance here. As I mentioned, Shaq Barrett made a comment. 
He said, you know, going out and trying to find more money in the open market wasn't worth me leaving Tampa Bay. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tampa Bay hadn't been to the playoffs in 12 years prior to Brady showing up. What was the evolutionary change in the organization inside of 12 months that made players who could have commanded top dollar, top dollar. You don't think Shaq Barrett, who's one of the most integral parts of that Todd Bowles defense in Tampa, couldn't have commanded enormous signing bonus money somewhere else, maybe not as good a team or maybe not as good an opportunity to win a Lombardi trophy? Why would you take less money? Now you've got Stefan Gilmore holding out in New England. Former Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. When was the last time you remember a New England Patriot player holding out? That's funny. Stefan Gilmore looks like to me, he's the first guy that I can remember. Oh, no, I'll give you another guy. Remember Richard Seymour? What did the Patriots do? They shipped his ass to Oakland. He still had Pro Bowl years left in him, too. Shaq Barrett said, eh, it just wasn't worth me going somewhere else to look for a couple more million bucks to leave Tampa. It wasn't worth it. Brady has made it so that a destination for free agents and people who want to win is now in Tampa, not New England. You're not going to see people lining up to go play in New England like you did in years past, knowing you're going to have an opportunity at winning a Lombardi trophy. How do you think Jason Light, the general manager, and Bruce Arians got all 22 plus AB to come back and take another shot at the Holy Grail? Think about that, for instance. You got players other than Brady that are doing this, eh, I'm going to stay here. Grass ain't greener on the other side. It's not greener. So uh, I'm, I'm going to – we're going to tee it up here and let me play my football here in Tampa and let's go see if we can win another championship here with Tom. Hey, and the way that Buccaneer team is being assembled, you know, people keep saying to Tom Brady, maybe this year or next year will be it for him. I don't know. You can keep that guy upright and you keep adding talent and you keep seeing free agents wanting to play in Tampa Bay. I'll tell you what, man. There's nothing that guy is not capable of pulling off. I am a firm believer that Tom Brady, as long as that fire and that pilot light is still on, it's going to take a lot to dim that light. Okay? It's... It's going to. All right. Let's take a brief time out. We're going to catch up with our friend, Jack Youngblood. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huckenfot. What's that? Huckenfot. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation. 
and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Hey, 